Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. A couple of quick announcements before we begin. I'll now be releasing new episodes every other week instead of weekly. So no new episode next week, but one the week after. Also, I'll be taking a break for Christmas after the next episode, and I'll be back with new episodes the first week in January. And now, let's get started. Memory, place, roots, belonging. These are the words that come to mind when I think of the book Hannah Coulter, Wendell Berry's account of a woman's life during the Depression era through the early 2000s. In poetic and straightforward prose, the book tells the story of Hannah Coulter's life, her loves, loss, joy, and grief, and the story of her community in Port William, Kentucky. It's a book that is stripped of excess, leaving only the essentials of life, home, family, belonging, and love. It is bare and sparse, but its roots are deep, and it is a work of beauty. I'm not sure that I ever planned to read Wendell Berry, or maybe I did, but always in the distant future. My first introduction to him, someone reading from a book of his essays, put me off slightly. I thought he sounded like an idealist and a little cantankerous, but for years I had heard people talk about his fiction, especially the book Hannah Coulter, and it made me think that perhaps I should give his books a try. After we brought my daughter home, I found myself going through a reading spree. It gave me something to do during the late-night bottle feedings and the nap times when she would fall asleep peacefully in my arms. When she was a few months old, I would steal away to read during her nap time, mostly books about reading aloud to children. A few days before Easter, a dear friend came for a visit. She is a true kindred spirit, and we've enjoyed bonding over books for the last couple of years. During her visit, we went to the story shop, a children's bookstore that is delightful. If you are in the Georgia area, do yourself a favor and plan a trip there. While taking our time and leisurely combing the shelves, I came across a single copy of a book about reading. We both wanted the book, but my friend very kindly let me have the last copy. When I picked it up, I didn't know that it would finally convince me to read Wendell Berry's fiction. We were in high spirits as we made our purchases, talking excitedly about the reading we were planning to do. Once home, after our goodbyes and promises that we would try to get together soon, I kept thinking about the book I had bought. Something kept drawing me to it. So, I put all other books aside and picked it up to read. I finished the book in a few days, picking it up in my quiet moments. I learned so much from that book, but the best gift it gave me was the push to read Hannah Coulter. And now, here's the story. Usually after I get a new book, it will sit in a stack waiting to be read someday. The someday when I have more time, I tell myself. I have many books in that someday pile. But I began reading Hannah Coulter as soon as my copy arrived. My friend and I had decided to read it together, which was good accountability. Honestly, I don't think that I was prepared for the impact this book would have on me. It wasn't what I had expected. It surprised me both in story and style. The language was simple and plain, but it made me ache because of its truth. The story was beautiful and heartbreaking. I remember finishing the first chapter in a state of speechlessness. 
I couldn't put into words the chord that this book had struck, or the connection I felt to it. The rhythm of the writing was soft, the story contemplative, reflective, moving. I am drawn to books like this naturally, but I also felt a connection to the testament it gave of the importance of memory, place, and belonging. I read Hannah Coulter this past spring during a season of reading and rest. It almost felt sacred. It came while I was adjusting to the heady whirlwind of being a mother for the first time. I had allowed myself to take a sort of mini-sabbatical. Claiming new motherhood as my excuse, I pulled back from a busy schedule. I let thoughts of productivity go for a while, and I allowed myself to enjoy baby snuggles and to read aloud from my favorite children's books to the tiny newness who nestled in my arms. I filled the hours of my daughter's afternoon nap reading books and lingering over cups of hot tea. I honestly don't think that I was much good for anything else because of the sleep deprivation I was experiencing. I still felt slightly guilty reading when our home needed so much cleaning and decluttering, and occasionally I would get a wild hair and do something for the house, like moving and rearranging the bookshelves and furniture. But mostly, I read. When I look back at this time, Hannah Coulter will undoubtedly be the book that I associate with it. I felt a connection to Hannah, to her transitions in life, her thoughts, her emotions, although my life could not be more different than hers. I found myself identifying with her evocation of memory and reflection on life. Memory has always fascinated me, how our brain stores some information and discards others, and how memories tie us to places in the past. When my daughter came home, I found that her arrival reopened a world of memory for me. I would hold her tiny body in the crook of my arm and marvel at her perfectness and memories of my childhood would come to mind, and I would trace their course to the present day. And although I was very happy, sometimes the memories of what my life was and the people I had lost were so strong and so full of longing. I wrote to my best friend during this time that I felt like memories carry with them a sort of homesickness. When I read Hannah Coulter, it validated this thought for me. The book is woven with memory, pieced together with the people and places who have made up one woman's life. It is a reflection of her time and place in the world and the people she has loved. The memories are sweet in spite of the many hardships in Hannah's life, but they carry a tinge of homesickness, a longing for the past while being thankful for the present. It is of little wonder, as I reflected on my own life, that I identified with her so strongly. With this homesickness, induced by memory, comes a tie to place and people, and this is one of the ways I feel a connection to the book. Through Hannah's story, I'm reminded of the importance of place in our lives. In Hannah's early life, her grandmother's farm gave her a home and a sense of roots. My first association with place were of my early years in Texas, and of carefree days spent playing in our backyard, where we would hang sheets between the branches of our lone tree to make hammocks in the summertime and where stickers hid in the grass waiting to bore into the tender part of our feet, the dandelions littering the grass like so many stars in the sky. Days filled with laughter and joy, together with cousins and aunts and other dear friends. As Hannah gets older, graduates high school, and leaves the farm to work in town, she flounders to establish a sense of place again. I love this part of the book, which may sound strange to love a part of a book where a character suffers, but it is because I identify with it, as many, I'm sure, can too.
Again, the book put words to feelings and emotions that can't easily be expressed. Wendell Berry shows us so well through the character of Hannah how devastating it is to leave a place, what it means for us to leave home, to be uprooted, the ache we feel for it, and the struggle to reestablish oneself. I love how it honors our need for connection to a home, a place, people, or a place to really matter, though, a shared bond between the people, with all their interactions, joy, sorrow, giving and taking of time, must be present. One of the gifts place gives us, if we will let it, and something Wendell Berry shows so beautifully in this book, are the people who make up our community. I love the term Burley Coulter uses in the book to describe the community around him. He calls it the membership. It's made up of neighbors and family who love each other, maybe not in so many words, but in actions. Helping each other when there is a need, working alongside each other, accepting no payment but the payment of reciprocation, who welcome one another into their homes and celebrate and laugh with each other. When Hannah moves to town, she is an outsider. It takes her a short time, but she is accepted into the community, becoming part of a new family and later a part of the membership that Burley Coulter talks about. And both her former community and new community are woven beautifully together. Every time I read Hannah Coulter, I think, wouldn't it be nice to have this in life? I have a tendency to get prickly and rebel against establishing roots in new places. I don't like change, and a lot of times I resist it. Reading Hannah Coulter was a healthy admonishment. The book has reminded me of the value of belonging to a place and people, even in the midst of change. In each place I have lived, even if it takes years to find it, and thankfully in spite of my reserve, I have found community. And at times, by God's grace, it has found me. And I've had many dear people who have welcomed me into their lives. We have become a part of the membership of life together. Each place where I have lived, I've been given a new home and a new community without forsaking the old. The book helped me see what a blessing this was and to not take it lightly. Which brings me to another part of the book that resonates with me, possibly the strongest. Wendell Berry's depiction of loss and community. He doesn't stop at the happiness and community, and for this I am so appreciative. He encompasses all the aspects of it, the joy as well as the sorrow. Because in truth, to open yourself up to community, to set down roots in a place, as wonderful of a gift as it is, means to be open to the loss that comes with it. Perhaps that is why I have been so reluctant to put down roots in certain places. It makes loss a reality. When I held my daughter for the first time, and I wanted to share the news of her birth with everyone I knew, I was suddenly hit with the realization that there were loved ones I had lost who would never know her. My beloved aunt, my husband's mother. And it was like the grief was fresh. It felt too raw to share with anyone at the time. So I held it in, spoke silent prayers, and let myself grieve in private that my daughter would never know these women. There's a moment in the book, though, when Hannah holds her firstborn that gave my grief words. I felt a kinship and understanding when I read it. Wendell Berry writes so well about loss and grief that you can recognize your own thoughts and feelings. You feel understood and comforted that someone else knows the depth of your loss. This book is such a beautiful weaving of joy and sorrow, one of the best and truest depictions I've ever read. There's a beautiful part in the book when Hannah is in the midst of grief, 
and she is struggling to be a part of the living again, as she puts it, when her father-in-law comes to her, and with few words, tells her that she has got to live again. The simplest words are used, but that scene takes my breath away for its piercing truth. The same people who work alongside each other and celebrate and laugh also grieve together. They understand the necessity of the fullness of community. The membership of the people of Port William give us a picture that loss is a part of life we will face. But we don't have to endure it alone. When one person experiences a loss in that world, the community mourns with and comforts them. This is an act of endeavor, an act chosen to be performed, regardless of inconvenience, personal sacrifice, and history. Community is not static. It is not easy to be in. To be invested, one must be vulnerable, open to loss, but also open to joy. And in that, there is a great reward. The first time I read Hannah Coulter, I was unable to express how I felt about it. It unearthed such deep emotion in me, but also made me feel understood. Although my life could not have been more different than the character of Hannah's, I felt as if I was reading my own story. It spoke truth and convicted me, gave me space and words for grief. It reminded me of the value of home and friends, the membership of life. And for that, I am so grateful. During this season, as we look back and reflect on what we are grateful for in the past year, I believe it is the perfect time to read this book. It reminds us of the gift of a place and of a people where we can belong. Read this book to be reminded of the blessing of community, place, and friends. Read it to be reminded to hold them dear. Read it for its beautiful and plain words. Read it if you have known sorrow. I hope you will find comfort in it. To my dear friend Heather, who first read this book with me, I am so thankful for our friendship. And to my community near and far, thank you for welcoming me in.